welcome to another edition of IWTV Guide, your unofficial guide to what's on independentwrestling.tv. I'm Jared Jayhawk Hawkins. Joining me as always, the main negotiating the pay-per-view price for Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr., Charlie Butter. Charlie, what's going on? I have no idea what that reference is to. I didn't. Is that a thing that they're going to be boxing now? You did not hear this? No, nah, man. I'm 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 tapped out. Yeah, and it, I guess in September, Iron Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. are going to have like an eight-round fight. Wow. So is it going to be like a Rocky sparring fight or like a legit fight? I think they're calling it an exhibition, but having watched both guys fight for their entire career, I have a hard time believing they're going to take it easy on each other. I don't think the fight can be any good, don't get me wrong, but... And speaking of exhibitions, we have Justin Summers here. <laughs> so, so speaking that of was like the worst gateway ever, exhibition. dude. Sorry. <laughs> we, have, have you heard about Blue Chew? So there's this Omaha <laughs> State fan. No, uh, can you put this Blue Chew in my Omaha Steaks? And do DDP yoga at the same time. I'd be uh, willing to pay to see that on pay-per-view. <laughs> Eight and rounds of it. Blue, and then while you're on your Bluetooth, you can use the Lawnmower 3.0. Have we had every every podcast sponsor at this point? I'm pretty sure we've got most of them. All the ones that I know of. <laughs> so to do the introduction a little bit better here, our special guest this week is the host of the Wrestling Cheer podcast, available wherever you listen to your favorite wrestling podcast, Justin Summer. Hi, me. I know you're the only one listening. <laughs> All right. So I guess if we're going to jump into everything today. Uh, last week's episode for Southern Underground Pro was one of our best listened to episodes, but it was filled with all kinds of inaccuracies. So I need to, I need to take a second to correct some things I said from last week. Uh, we were discussing uh, Gnarls Barkley, Big Beef, and how he and Manders were going to be a team in Black Label Pro. And I incorrectly said that Kevin Blackwood and J.D. Drake were the tag team that Violence is Forever uh, were facing, but it was actually Anthony Henry and J.D. Drake. Uh, I don't know where I got Kevin Blackwood from. Whatever. Uh, so I apologize for that. Uh, also, Violence is Forever is the team that won that match, and that was who was going to feud with Beef and Manders. So, yeah, I just got to get that out of the way. It bothered me all last week after I realized the mistake. So... You were there. How the fuck did you forget that? <laughs> you also realized that during that match, I left ringside and went and stood over and was trying to talk to Brett Ison. So, but you were still there. I know, dude. I know a lot. I know a lot of teams like to attack violence forever, but at least you didn't say it was IFHY. We'll we'll give you credit there. I know my memory is terrible when it comes to things like. I didn't have it written down, so it just escapes me. These things escape me constantly. And I think it's only when I'm podcasting, because you could, if we were driving in a car, I could have probably rattled off everything correctly. But when I'm podcasting, it just word soup. So anyway, 
today marks 309 days that Warhorse has been the IWTV Independent Wrestling Champion. And he made his 38th defense today against Ricky Shane Page. And is Warhorse still the Independent Wrestling Champion? Yes! A little bit of a surprise, Big Warhawk is going to be going for the TNT Championship against Cody on AEW Dynamite this week. Uh, I, you bet you were public with me. You thought Ricky Chain Page was going to take the title today. And I know you weren't the only one thinking that. I was concerned. I, I had great confidence in Warhorse, but I was kind of concerned. And I'm glad that he retained and he will go on to face Cody on Wednesday. So that's awesome. Hopefully. He beats Cody. That'd be great. AEW does still allow a guy to work independent shows on occasion. Janela's still working at some indies every once in a while. Orange Cassidy's still out there every once in a while. So, yeah, even if they do sign Warhawk after Wednesday, they're going to let him drop the bell. Sure. And the guy that they should drop it to should be Dan Housen. He is very talented. Did you see his burlesque dance that he did to Tequila? You know, I've been meaning to watch that talent show. I have not had a chance to do it. Yeah, so uh, Dan Housen won the IWTV talent show uh, with his burlesque performance. Uh, they actually played a video today after um, Beyond Two Weeks Notice where he was basically announcing that he was the winner and that uh, he wished Warhorse good luck in his match, which had already aired. So pretty fun. Well, I guess I should jump into what's on IWTV this week. Not a ton. Now, I'm sure something will get added during the week. You're going something <laughs> to get added after we record this. So. Yes, but uh, I got a pretty good list here. So, uh, as as usual, uh, Freedoms on Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Freedoms, Habataki, Freedoms, Send I Love again. Okay. Yep, that's what's happening. Uh, Wednesday, July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern, Limitless Wrestling presents The Road, Episode 1. And then on Thursday, we have a double shot. At 8 p.m. Eastern, Freelance Underground presents Undisputed 2015, followed by IWA Mid-South at 9.45 p.m. Eastern, Who's Your Dirty Daddy? I'm assuming it's probably a best of Chris Dickinson and IWA Mid-South. Saturday, August 1st at 5 p.m. Central, I think is what that is. Glory Pro presents Peace Up, A-Town Down. And uh, yeah, that's what's on IWTV this week. I guess it's time for Mouse's Wrestling Adventures Fright Night. I was going to say Vader time. So this show took place October 11, 2019, from the arena in Jeffersonville, Indiana. I hate that building with a passion. I really do. <laughs> it looks horrible. And look, anytime they film it, no matter how they light it, it looks horrible. Yeah, like I, we were talking about before we went on the air, uh, there's not much you can do with that building to make it look any certain way. So. Well, I didn't like the way things were lit here. It was still better than like the normal way it's lit, so I couldn't really complain too much. I want to say there was probably 
four times the amount of people at this show, if not more, more than that, than there was in that building, the show that I went to. And that, yeah. that's kind of like the norm for that building. Yeah, I guess because from what I understood, like IWA Mid-South ran it constantly and it just, people stopped going. So It wasn't like, just IWA Mid-South. It was like there was three or four companies in that area and they all ran that same building and there was almost a show every single weekend, which, hey, great wrestling, but uh, it was just fans were like starting to pick and choose. Now, I know Paradigm ran there a bunch and... uh when we were watching the show on Friday night, like people were kind of asking questions about like how they had all those names on that card. And then the, that building that, that they used for a Friday night show, uh, obviously wasn't that arena, but, uh, very small, uh, attendance at that show. And, uh, people were kind of curious as to how that was possible with all the names on it. And it's just, I feel like it's just that area. It's just, it's oversaturated, like Justin King. Yeah. Yeah, you, when you when you have a, a show from a different company almost every weekend, and sometimes if IWA Mid South is running there, they're running two or three shows a week in that same building. And that's, there's probably, only so much wrestling one area going to take at a at a at a given time. It's not even just you'd figure one area. It's like it's the same building. It'd be right. one thing. If there's like I mean, when things are back to normal or things are normal, like within Cleveland and Akron, there probably is a wrestling show every single weekend, but. As they are close areas, and you will bring Cleveland fans to Akron and Akron fans to Cleveland, the fact that getting the same crowd is rare, and you're doing that in the exact same building. It just doesn't work. And it doesn't help that a lot of the IWA Mid-South stuff it was not very good for a while. So a lot of people key an IWA Mid-South show, they're not happy with that show. Wrestling, wrestling to them. It can have a different company come in. But it's like, oh, well, I just called a wrestling show at that building a couple weeks ago, and it sucked. I'm not going to this one. Yeah, the lighting wasn't that great. Uh, commentary had some issues, so the commentary was just... It sounded like it was blown out, or I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was really... It was rough. It was real rough. Thoughts on commentary, or is that all? Anybody, anybody else? Yeah. Uh... I actually wrote a lot of notes about the commentary, but Midwest Territory actually tweeted up when they found out we were doing the show and apologized for it. Uh, <laughs> so you don't want to rake them over the coals too bad? No, I, I, I really don't. Yeah, it was, it was definitely distracting, especially in the first two matches. because the You could tell they were messing with it, so the audio quality kept changing like during the matches, and it was really distracting. Yeah. But I, I'm... I'm definitely just going to say it's really bad. Going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like that. Exactly. But our first match was Cole Radrick against Logan Stunt. So that's a, it's a pretty good opening match. Yeah, overall, pretty good opening match. I mean, we had our first dive of the night less than two minutes in. I, mean, I, I yeah I, I I still prefer keeping dive to a minimum, especially earlier in the show. But also, you don't like when Gary J does like seventy five dives in the first match. I'm pretty sure we've talked about this on previous shows. <laughs> what about if it's a maximum overdive? <laughs> okay, point taken. I'll give you that one. 
So my notes for this, uh, there was a really good running knee into the ropes uh, by Cole Radrick onto Logan. Uh, Logan had a real good-looking head kick that, like, KO'd uh, Cole. And then there was an Osaka Street cutter into a backpack stunner that I, I I popped real big for. I thought that was really sweet. Radrick hit that. That was I, that's a sick move. I love that move. Uh, he also had a real good shining wizard, and then he hit a variation of the tiger driver called the little Sebastian for the three. So that kind of popped. They were spotted here at one point where Radrick hit a bridging butterfly suplex and stunt shoulder when they were close down. The referee counted two anyway. And like the entire crowd called, called him out on it. It was, it was, that, it was that obvious. Uh, I, I, I tell you, Logan caught Radrick with a fucking great head kick at one point, too. Yeah. Like I popped big for that head kick. Yes, it, it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took no notes for, the, for this whole event. <laughs> and when I got towards the end, I was kind of like, yeah, no. <laughs> good, good. Glad we're all uh, on the same boat there. <laughs> so then they had like a, a band doing like music. So I'm assuming it probably wasn't in between each like match. So it was probably done all at once and then cut in to in between the matches. Uh, the ring announcer reminded me of Pete Davidson for some reason. So do with that what you will. I, I'm going to I'm going to assume just for my own sanity that he was dressed the way he was to try to meet the theme of the Fright Night show. Thinking wearing the I don't they're not really cargo pants, they're not really cargo shorts. They're like cargo capris, like they're like three inches below a fucking knee, and they got like the denim jacket on. It's like not even you're not even trying to look professional, dude. Punk rock, man. You don't need to look professional. You're going to tell me Jesse looks professional every time? You don't got to wear a suit to the ring. Shorts and a t-shirt and rock the mic. That's all you got to do. Two words, Gavin Loudspeaker. So now we have a battle royal. The Tom Hanks Memorial Battle Scramble. Uh, just, uh, just on Trunk Bar, I would have preferred invitational to memorial, but memorial implies that Tom Hanks is dead. And he's not. That was the joke. This, um, uh, the match was sponsored by Sobros and oh, the Sobros Network. And there was an interview on their podcast last year where they had all, like, almost all of IFHY on it. And it turned into just a lot, a lot of riffing and going back and forth. And they came up with this idea of uh, a Tom Hanks memorial match when he's not dead. Like, that's, like, that's the joke. He's not dead, but it's a more memorial match. Okay, so somebody could have explained that during the broadcast. I had no clue any of that happened. I mean, they probably explained it if we couldn't fucking understand the goddamn commentary. <laughs> yeah, and it also, I think, cut out for the vast majority of this match uh, and came back towards the end. So During this match, I actually thought they gave up on commentary. <laughs> like, they knew it yeah, was Yeah, yeah, that's, like, that's what I that's thought. <laughs> And then it comes back, and it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, I was like, oh, they finally were just like, no, we're done. We're, we're going to give it a no. It came back, and I was like, oh, okay, I guess. They were just trying to fix it. I want to say I had my TV volume on, like, two. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not. I can't fucking listen to, to this god-awful commentary. Like, no offense. 
but obviously like the auto audio quality is horrible. I would have like if I was putting everything together, I would have said sorry because uh, I know um, what's his name from Midwest Territory was part of the commentary team. I'd have been like, sorry, we're not using it. We're going to go with no commentary or what they could have done, which probably would have been better. Hindsight is do it in post. Yeah, yeah, do it in post. Okay, so the rule for this battle scramble supposed to be two guys starting, somebody new coming out every 30 seconds, which they were nowhere close to 30 seconds, like, at all during this. Elimination occurs when someone goes thrown over the top rope. After everybody but one has come out, they go until there's five remaining. Then when there's five remaining, the last person who drew a red ping pong ball will come out and make it a six-man scramble match where the first pinner commission will win it. I think I explained all that correctly. I don't think I missed anything. It makes more sense than when I was paying attention to it, and there were dives, and they weren't getting eliminated for doing dives over the top rope. So <laughs> so let's run in. Uh, let's, let's go through some of the people in this Memorial Battle Royal, Battle Scramble. Okay, so I didn't... There's a couple that I missed here as well because commentary didn't pick up on one of the names. And the other one just wasn't mentioned because there was no graphic and commentary had already shut off at that point. Okay. We've got Ace Perry, The Phantom of the Arena, Levi Everett. I missed the name of the next guy. I wrote it down as Green Trunks. That's what I have. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I, I think they called him like Action Scope or something. And they kept saying, well, his name is on his truck, but I couldn't actually read his fucking name, so I never got it. We had Riley McGuire, Hoodfoot. Fuck my handwriting. <laughs> Are they new? I've never heard of fuck my handwriting. <laughs> I trained them. Gotta be from Philly with that name. <laughs> Trigger. Somebody fucking help me out. Nah, man, I told you to write down all the names. That's I, I the one job I, I gave you. It's the one job I gave you. <laughs> trigger, <laughs> trigger, Thomas, trigger, trauma. Somebody fucking correct me on Twitter. I, I can't read it. Okay. Next. Adam Slade. All right. The deal. Step school, step stool, Sarah. <laughs> Who Chris, just Chris came in Copeland. and hit a stunner and left. Yeah, she hit the stutter, then realized, oh shit, I shouldn't be here and eliminated her scalp. So that's perfectly fine. I I want her on the ropes to turn into a hang in there meme. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I need to get a screenshot of that and get that posted. Yes. <laughs> that's wonderful. Right, now after after here we had Chris Copeland. Jack Andrew, Loki Havoc, Patrick Heater, Nolan Edward, Righteous Jesse. The next guy's name was never mentioned, no graphic, no commentary. I have no idea who that was. Dan Halgen and Lord Crew. Once Lord Crew came in, they wrestled until there were five remaining. I don't know, Charlie, if you have any notes up until that point. I want to keep the reveal for the last participant when we get there. I have nothing. I was just excited Dan Housen was in the ring. That's all I know. And Nolan Edward. I like him too. 
so when we get down to our final five, they introduce the final participant, Wilson. Yes, Wilson, the volleyball from Castaway. Right on, man. Everybody bump for the volleyball. So oh, he's so a very violent with, volleyball. Was this part of the match your cup of tea? No, <laughs> not at all, honestly. I'm shocked. I'm I'm stunned. I am speechless. <laughs> I did not see that coming. Hashtag swerve. <laughs> yeah, everybody bumping for the volleyball. Uh, the one spot I really did like here, Dan Howell can leave the ring. He goes under the ring. He pulls out the fucking keyboard from the movie Big. Yes. I, I, I popped. I did pop for that. Looking for everybody did their dive over the top rope and didn't get eliminated. They had a scramble match at that point. Here's something. Here's where I, I this is where, where the commentary really bo- bothered me because of this, of this part right here. They're getting ready to cut up some really comp- complicated spot with all five people. When the third person comes in, the screen fades to white and then cut to the actual spot with all five people. So they not only did the jump cut, but they had an effect in there to kind of fade out of it, but they couldn't redo the commentary. Hmm. And I actually rewound it to make sure that I saw this cut right. They, got, they just threw me completely off. Like, what, did they actually do that? <laughs> Somebody's doing vanity cuts on, on the matches now? Like, it, wasn't even a bo- it didn't even bother me that they did the cut. Because obviously, there was a reason for it, but it was like... So you are you do do post production. Why did you redo some of the commentary? That was... I can't be in twenty twenty. I guess. Can we get a can we get a finish here? Wilson hits Dan Housen with a stunner. Levi hits a diving headbutt on Wilson and covers, and Wilson kicks out, and then Levi does something else and gets the pin with the crouch handing. He had no, the volleyball has no shoulder. How's that a pin? And I was yeah, actually more a... offended by the fact that the that the volleyball kicked out of a move rather than the fact he had no shoulder. <laughs> so he hit the headbutt once, and then he hit another headbutt. So it was like two two diving headbutts to put away Wilson. Wilson's a very powerful guy. You got to understand. Yeah, I would I was not a fan of this match at all. <laughs> if it, that that's the only thing that I really found like really offensive on the show. Like, I actually like most of the rest of the show. Justin, any thoughts? Yes, I agree. <laughs> there, I mean, there was a lot of people in the match that, like, I didn't know really who they were. Like, some, some that I did. I forgot Dan Housen was on this show, to be completely honest. So when he came out, I was like, oh, shit, yeah, Dan Housen was on the show. Okay, cool. Um, But, yeah, it, it, it was placed early. I, I like the, like, some of the surprise enders, like, obviously, Steps Little Sarah. She went by, or people were calling her uh, Stone Cold Steps Little Sarah for a little while, so that was fun. And I didn't even know Righteous Jesse was in it too, so that was fun. But I, I mean, all in all, it was it to me it was at least decent. And the, I mean, the comedy spot is it, it, it is what it is. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I was, wasn't glad this one early in the show because this gave me the chance to shut up, shut the off for a while <laughs> and go away from it and watch her up to the show with a clear head. If that would have been like the semi main, like I probably wouldn't even finish the show at that point. <laughs> I liked I liked the Dan Hauser was in it because it I for I didn't even know he was in it. I just picked the show because uh, I told Mouse that I was going to review this show, and I, I looked at the card and I liked a lot of the names on the card, especially coming up some of the matches. So I was like, yeah, this shouldn't be too bad. 
Uh, I was confused by the rules, but then, you know, I'm very lax when it comes to that kind of stuff. It's like, all right, there must be some reason for it. And then a volleyball got pinned for the, for the finish of the match. So I was like, oh, okay. Makes sense. I love the fact that Richard's checking spot was basically just to get choked, slammed, and laid out. Like, <laughs> and he took that bump like a man too. Prop to Richard Jensky for that. And up next was Sean Kemp against Lee Moriarty. Yeah, I like this one a lot. This had a story to it. It was very. It was like a very Southern style match. I figured you'd really like it. So. And it was a basic story, too. Kemp's got the strength advantage. Moriarty's got the speed advantage. And they're often playing into that. Moriarty's got to use speed to get, to get control and to get caught. And Kemp outpowers him. Yeah, Kemp hit a huge running cross body that was uh, real impressive. Uh, he also had a real good Northern Lights suplex. Uh, he did a pump handle driver, which I always pop for. I love that move. Uh, there was a segment where, like, uh, Kemp kept holding onto the ropes, and Lee, like, finally had the ref holding on to Kemp's arm, and then he kicked it. Uh, Lee hit the uh, satellite head scissors into a Fujiwara arm bar, and then manipulated the fingers working on the arm. Uh, Kemp hit a huge fisherman buster from the second rope that was uh, very Steen esque, and I really like that. Uh, Kemp went for that psycho pedigree that he does. Lee landed on his feet. Uh, Kemp went for the pop-up, uh, a pop some type of pop-up move, but his arm injury prevented it. Lee hit a pop-up flatliner for three. It's a pretty good match. I was re- I really liked it. Justin, any thoughts? <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> I do. I do like seeing. Uh... Lee, like this was like when he was really starting to get out more, and if we can get more exposure for IFHY and giving Sean Kemp like that kind of opportunity, hopefully there's people that can go back look at him or even that group as a whole. Uh, but yeah, I uh, I liked it. Right on. Up next, a very special triple threat: Brett Eisen, Dominic Garini. Calvin Tankman. Yeah, this match should have been main event, in my opinion. Yeah, this, this was my favorite match in the entire show. I'll, re- I'll read you my note verbatim here. They just beat the fuck out of each other. I can pin Tankman with an iron elbow in eight minutes and 33 seconds. This was fucking great. And that was basically it. They beat the shit out of each other for like nine minutes. It was fucking great. Yeah, I have just like a list of like all this shit that happens in here. Like they just exchange forearms. And then uh, Eisen kept headbutting Dom. And then Eisen and Tankman traded slaps. Dom hit a knee. Tankman hit a pounce on Dom. Uh, Eisen hit a face wash on Tankman. Tankman hit this backbreaker and then in a lariat that like spun Eisen, flipped him around. It was pretty crazy. Dom applied a triangle choke on Eisen. Tankman broke him out of it. Tankman hit a blue thunderbomb on Dom. Uh, he went for another pounce. Dom countered it into a triangle on Tankman. 
Uh, Dom hit a Samoan drop on Tankman, which was super impressive because you know how big Tankman is. Uh, Eisen and Dom traded chops. Dom hit a big German on Eisen, who no-sold it. He grabbed Dom, tried to do street justice, and ended up in a Styles clash uh, for two. And then uh, Tankman hit a spine buster on Eisen. Eisen followed up with two rolling elbows and pinned Tankman. That was it. Was yeah, this match was definitely uh, main event worthy. It was real, real good. Part of me wanted it just to be Tankman and Eisen, where uh, the winner of it would get to use Hail Mary because that was Brad Eisen's theme for a while. And then I think as Tankman was becoming a bigger name, he stopped using it. That or just Brad Eisen stopped using it in general, one of the two things. But uh, adding Dom to it was really cool too. You know, it's three dudes that I've become huge fans of and in an area that I'm, I've held, I've been there once in it, but it's still like somewhat foreign to me, but to see three dudes from three different areas wrestle, it's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, this was, this was a lot of fun. Uh, and they followed it up with some, some deathmatch fuckery. Uh, up next we had Baka Gaijin, which was Madman Pondo and Too Tough Tony. Against Bradley Prescott the fourth and Chase Holiday of the Lost Boys, aka naturally gifted, which I thought was a great team name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Prescott and Holiday came out to Lionel Richie all night long. I felt like right there, like that should have been the end of the match. You got the best <laughs> theme song, you win. That's good. Yeah, I'm so, like 90 percent sure that Pondo and Tony came out to ICP or or one of those. It's what it sounded like, but. Of course, I, you know. I, I, I would, I would assume go. They were wearing their janky W jersey. Yeah. Uh, one was wearing a JCW jersey. The other one was not. But they were, were both psychopathic. Please get it right. Yeah, what I call, I call the janky W logo on the front of one of them. The writing of their name on the back matched. That's what I went by. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other one looked like to be a boondocks jersey judging by the 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 front whoop whoop yes whoop whoop <laughs> so apparently they had planned it before the match started to have Pondo and Tony jump track out and holiday during the introduction they made the introduction that they were coming to the ring, and Pondo and Tony demanded they do them again, but they didn't hear them, and then they jumped them. <laughs> That's like the only explanation I can think of for that. <laughs> I didn't catch that. I just knew there was lots of brawling. And then and I have Yeah, the ring announcer introduced them that they were coming to the ring. Pondo and Tony called the ring announcer in to do the intro. Can you even hear the ring announcer go, I already did them. Well, do them again. Okay. <laughs> and, then they, and then they attacked during Prescott and Holiday intro. So. Yeah, lots of rolling on the floor. This match was basically what you would expect from Madman Pondo and Tough to- and, and Too Tough Tony. A lot of brawling. Lots of weapons. Uh, Prescott at one point hit a Van Daminator. You can get 12 pack of Natty Light. Oh <laughs> uh, yes. Except Tony actually busted out a fucking K Brada, which I popped for. Like, well, I was not expecting that. Yeah, no, like, yeah, I was. 
he just climbed right up there. We're just like, oh, time to do this now. And it happened. And I was like, what the shit just happened? You know, finish come. Pondo using a hammer and a kinder block on Holiday Dick. While uh, Tony ends up using a flaming fist on BP4 to get to cut him on fire and get the pin. Yes, and his, his head was actually on fire after getting punched in the head. So that that did happen. <laughs> He also apologized for his match on Twitter last night. And I told him, sir, you were set on fire. You do not need to apologize. There's, there's nothing more to say there. Like, you you got set on fire. It's all good. Because <laughs> after that point, I don't remember anything else that happened in the match except for that his face was on fire. Yeah, did there really need to be anything else at that point, though? No, not really. Not, 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 it's as far as you can go. Once you set a, a human being on fire, there's no nowhere else to go. I mean, the sheik would throw fire at people. He didn't turn around and start locking a headlock afterwards. Like, I'm really, you can't really do anything after that. <laughs> and the, the sheik didn't really do any headlock anyway. Like, that kind of a stupid example. But you get my point. Who is the sheik? The original sheik, Gabu Gunkle. Oh, the one that's on Twitter all the time? <laughs> <laughs> I can I can I know you're fucking with seething. me and I want to punch I you can, in the face, Greg. <laughs> I can hear him seething on the other end. <laughs> He's just like, are you kidding me? No, I know who you're talking about. I'm just messing with you, man. Oh, okay. So we go from super hardcore wrestling to a women's match. Billy Starks, Holly Cromwell. This was actually a pretty fun match. Yeah. Overall, Dude, I agree I'll, with that. Oh, Justin, I'm ask. sorry. I was going to ask, does Holly Cromwell look familiar? Have you seen her before? Yes, we, 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 she's been on Bizarro shows before. Yes. And? Wasn't she, she at all? She was the Holly taker, I know that. Charlie pretty, got it. Yeah, I was pretty she sure looked, she, she was at old. old. She was the, the fortune teller at old. At the yeah. fair show we went to, yes. Yeah. All yeah. three of us. I do like her. She's She's pretty good. So what do you got uh, note-wise on this, Jared? Okay, so Holly starts the match early. Doesn't even let start take off her jacket before she attacks. Catching her with a vicious palm trick to the chin. Knocked her head back. Followed Bad by a control- lariat that was real good, too. That lariat yeah. after was... She controlled most of the match. Stark finally making her come back. She goes for a dive to get her feet caught. Luckily, luckily she came out okay after that, but it, it, looked, it looked like it could have been a lot worse than it ended up being. Yeah, Holly was like right there and caught her on the way down. Thank God, because yeah, that could have been real rough. Uh, yeah, and actually, like funny. everybody got real silent, and then like she came back, she stood back up, and everybody was like, "Oh, she's okay." But it, yeah, she uh, got lucky there. Ooh. Yeah, if Holly would have actually been what she was supposed to be for that dive, I would have been bad. She got actually good. She was that close. Yeah. Yeah, back in the ring, Cromwell gets an air raid crash for a two count. Not long after that, Stark had almost like a reverse tombstone for the pin, about eight minutes. Yeah, like the the, the final setup into that, like Billy hits some of these real sick strikes and kicks, and then a perfect plex for two. Uh, she went for like that, uh, I know like, I tried to find a name for it. I know, um, I think they said it was the Duff Driver. Um, but I also know it as the dead eye. 
and uh, it got countered once, and then she turned around and ended up hitting it again and getting the three. So it's definitely a, a palate cleanser from going from the hardcore, and then you're going to kind of go back into a, a wild brawl here uh, next. So it was a, it was a nice uh, change of pace in between everything. Any thoughts, Justin? I like the match. Um, getting to uh, see more from Billy, uh, that's, you know, she's going to be huge in, within the next couple of years. If, if wrestling was going on like normal right now, I think she would be a name that a lot of people would be looking at. Um, Holly Cromwell, she, she's that person that like, I've only seen sprinkled here and there and I, I want to see more of to so see and like for this to be the women's match on this show made sense to me. And, uh, Thoroughly enjoyed seeing both of them. Right on. Uh, we got two more matches left. I don't have a ton of notes for these ones, so Jared, why don't you uh, take it away, man? I really don't have a lot of notes for the either, to be honest with you, because this is going to be fun. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> now, can my final, the Carnage against the Knight Rider. Got some, everybody starts fighting before the bell, they're brawling on the floor for a while. We do eventually get a more, a more of a traditional kickman tag team match with the Carney basically playing the heel, doing doing some triple teaming. Eventually, just like every kickman tag dug, it breaks down and all kick guys are doing stuff. Get a finish uh, where the Knight Rider do a triple team on to carry awful for the pin. It was, it was a lot of chaos, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, high speed offense, a lot of craziness going on, multiple things going on at once. You kind of. Hard to catch everything at once. Pretty good match. I mean, this is one of those where there's just a lot of shit going on. Though it's it's rare to see the carnies anymore. And this might have been like the the last time we've seen them. Well, they even though, brought that up on commentary. They'd really been kind of fighting with each other in the couple months before that. And we're back together for that. Because that, yeah. Yeah, who knows if uh, if or when we'll see them all together again. Uh, in between this and the main event, there was like a little segment where they had like video footage of Marco and Logan messing around in the ring while the band was playing, which is kind of fun. This segment is what made me believe like the band stuff was bef- was pre-show, but mm-hmm. might have even been like so pre-show before the doors open because there's nobody in seats and obviously there's wrestlers out and in the ring. Yeah, so that was fun, and then we we got ready for the Freddie Hudson Open Challenge, and there was two people that answered that challenge. Yeah, yeah, Tyler Matrick and the Kenway both answering the challenge. Kenway and Matrick spent more time fighting each other than they really did going after Hudson. They lost me a little bit near the end, but everybody did a Canadian Destroyer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and if everybody's doing Canadian Destroyer, like, the move means nothing at that point. The move means nothing in wrestling right now, period. When was the last uh, time you saw well, somebody well, get pinned with it? Last time Petey Williams did one. Yeah, he's the only one that knows to, that's perfected it that can actually get a pin on it. He's the only one. Everybody else, I mean, we saw Marco do one off the second rope after getting, like, springboarded up onto one of the... Young Bucks a couple weeks ago. We saw 
Phoenix hit one on one of the young bucks a couple weeks ago to the outside. Yeah, nobody gets pinned on that anymore. It's just a it's just a move now. It's like a DDT. And there were a lot there were a lot to near fall. Uh, at one point, Matrix no called a point in Rana just to stand up and and take a second one. Like, just, <laughs> yeah. just stay down on the first one. Uh, he's boneheaded, man. He thought he was going to power through it. No, got a second one. The finish came with uh, Kenway hitting a powerbomb on Hudson, who, fighting spirit, no-sold it, and then hit a shining wizard for the three. Yeah, I mean, the, the match was fun, but the no-failing got really old, especially in a shorter match like this. They did a lot of cool shit, and none of it meant anything. Just any, any memories, thoughts on this? Anything stand out to you? No, this is where I was starting to get really tired of the show, and obviously since it was towards the end, <laughs> this was kind of like, oh, fuck it. All right. So overall, we going to thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Where are you guys landing on this? I'll go, I'll, go, I'll go thumbs up overall. Had that Battle Royal been later in the show, I don't know if I would have done, <laughs> done a thumbs up. But yeah, but overall, a thumbs up. It's kind of in the Battle Royal. There was nothing really offensive. Everything was fun. Everything was fun to watch. Nothing overstated. Welcome. Except that damn volleyball. There was one glaring issue with the show, and I'm not sure what it was off the top of my head. <laughs> Hopefully, anybody who's actually paying attention to the show caught what just happened there. <laughs> uh, I mean, if if the commentary would have been normal, which I know other shows in that venue don't really have that much issue when it comes to commentary, but this was the one that was like, really, why? What what caused this? What caused them to be so off? And if they would have at least went back and did it in post, find some way to do it, maybe, maybe the two dudes who were on commentary, it's hard to get them together a lot. So that's why they, they couldn't sit down and do it. Well, then, I'm sorry, get some other, somebody else to do it. Because that is was one of the biggest issues with the show. I couldn't keep as into it because commentary was that bad. And it, like we said, it should either have been like redo or just get rid of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I definitely agree with that. It's I, I kind of was able to to tune it out for the most part. I did like obviously turn my TV down a bit so like it wasn't too much too blaring while I was watching it. Uh, there was four really, really good matches on here. Um, overall, I mean, out of out of that, just with those matches, I definitely give it a thumbs up. Um, hopefully, if they do another one, uh, we get to be involved with it, or uh, you know, whatever, review it eventually. Whatever happens, good stuff. I liked it. Overall. Yeah, I would definitely watch another one of these shows. I enjoyed the I enjoyed the show overall quite a bit. Oh, Malk, if you're listening, and I'm sure you are, I know you're a friend of the show. You know, we're 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 game. Get another one going. Most definitely. Uh, well, I guess it's that time. We, we wrap that up. So, Justin, you got any plugs you want to hit everybody with? Uh, uh, wrestling cheers, which you're going to be on this week. Oh no, I didn't do my homework. Actually, yes, I did. <laughs> I was about to say we we. We were texting about it earlier. I know you've done your homework. <laughs> yes, I did my homework. So I will have. I didn't take a lot of notes because I feel like I listened to last week's episode and there you, you didn't need to have a lot of notes. There's a lot of interesting things to talk about on this show, regardless. 
so i didn't write down very specific notes like i did for this show with like this move happened then this move happened i very much just kind of let it flow and that kind of thing so should be all right well the show we're reviewing retro reviewing absolution 10 after watching it and even like reading the card it's still one of the best shows aiw has ever put on it's not even just because of the main event i think some of the up-and-coming talent that's on that show worked out really well and some of the uh the storylines that went into everything like were really really good even the fact of like freaking Donst versus nick gage and after that show nick gage doesn't come back to aiw for two years and it was all like he comes back at absolution so that they to me that made that rivalry even better now knowing what we know but even even at that moment it was still great um yeah pretty much i mean it's obviously it's wrestling cheers we're on social media everywhere we're on almost every single place that you can find podcasts trying to get on a couple more because i found out i can get on pandora so that is something that i've submitted but other than that i mean you know just wrestling cheers and then for me heavy set 330 on facebook twitter and instagram find me on twitter at pw critique you can find me on Facebook and on Instagram, Jayhawk1539. Uh, every once in a while, you can find me on Twitch at TFMJayhawk. All right. Check out our podcast friends, Wrestling Cheers, of course, Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic, uh, which they have a new Super Fantastic coming out soon, I've been told. Uh, at Odds with Wrestling, the Spotlight Series, and its Evolution Baby. Which I will yeah. also be on this week. Yes, I I saw that you were uh, you got to choose who their someone cool is. So, and I picked Silesia Sparks because they had no idea who Silesia Sparks was. So this is gonna be fun. Oh, Silesia! I do I follow her. On... It should be about up by now, though. Oh, it's it's up. It's up. She she can she could probably come back, but you know she's not really wrestling right now. Uh, she's deleted all social media except Instagram and she kind of on a recent post, she explains what's been going on with her. And on top of all that, I don't even think she lives in North America as a whole. So that's going to make it even worse. Also check out our other non-podcast friends, good company in Cleveland, Ohio, smoke and Jay's barbecue and Pollyanna DIY. I'm very sad. This is probably the last time I'm going to get to promote them. Uh, August 1st, Pollyanna DIY will be no more. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Charlie underscore butters. Uh, you can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at IWTV guide. And as the undertaker once said, mask it or casket later, everyone to all the killers and the hundred dollar billers. For real, because who ain't got no feelings? Feelings. Check it out now. I got you stuck off the realness. We be the infamous, you heard of us. Official Queensbridge murderers. The mob comes equipped for warfare. Beware of my crime family who got enough shots to share for all those who wanna profile and pose. Rock you in your face, stab your brain with your nose bone. You all alone in these streets, cousin. Every man for themselves in his land, we be gunning. And keep them shook crews running like they supposed to. They come around, but they never come close to. 
I can see it inside your face, you're in the wrong place. Cowards like you just get their whole body laced up with bullet holes and such. Speak the wrong words, man, and you will get touched. You can put your whole army against my team, and I guarantee you it'll be your very last time breathing. Your simple words just don't move me. You're minor, we major. You all up in the game and don't deserve to be a player. Don't make me have to call your name out. Your crew is featherweight. My gunshots will make you levitate. I'm only 19, but my mind is older. When the things get for real, my warm heart turns cold. Enough nigga deceased, another story gets told. It ain't nothing really. And hey, yo, done sparked the Philly. So I could get my mind off these yellow back niggas. While they still alive, I don't know. Go figure. Meanwhile, back in Queens, the realness and foundation. If I die, I couldn't choose a better location when the slugs penetrate. You feel a burning sensation getting closer to God in a tight situation now. Take these words home and think it through. Or the next rhyme I write might be about you, Sunday show. Cause ain't no such thing as halfway crooks. Scared to death and scared to look. They shook. Cause ain't no such thing as halfway crooks. Scared to death and scared to look. Yes, I agree.